Welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I'm your host, Christian, the unbiased king. That's been all. And joining me through Discord, it is my partner in crime, the man, the myth, the legend. It is Joshua Gangsta Time Cole. Called partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. What up, Chris? Hello, buddy. How you feeling? How you feeling today? I'm good, man. A little tired, but I got rejuvenated real quick. Hell it's yeah. time to get on with the guys. Yeah, yeah. And also joining us through Discord, it is my brother, the Edgelord Big News, Brian. What's up? What? <laughs> I said, what's up, nerds? Okay. Yeah, you, you cut out for a second there, but it's good to have you back in full video effect. Uh... Let's uh, let's get right into the show. We have like kind of a loose show this week. Uh, not many manga. Uh, we only have a couple things to talk about before we get into um, a big old one shot segment. Uh, so let's get into plugs. You can find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua Cole. Where can they find you? At JD Cole underscore thirty seven, and that's on Instagram as well. Yeah, yeah, Brian. You can find me at b.esp on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you ever want to catch me when I'm streaming, you can find me at twitch.tv slash it's punchline. Hell yeah. Uh, you can follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on Instagram or uh, follow us on Twitter, especially because we do a weekly really good chapter of the week poll every week, except for this week because we had no virtually no chapters. So uh, only one remains and it is by default the RGC. Uh, so yeah, uh, follow us on Twitter, give us a uh, participate in the poll, get your voice heard on the show. Uh, if you have any comments, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk to us about, email us at noob, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com, or you can comment on whatever video you're watching of ours. And, uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. Maybe we'll, we'll read your comment on the show. Uh, it, I think that's it. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon music. Uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, we are likely there. Uh, and if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, like, notify yourself, like, hit that bell, tell your friends about the show, share the show. Um, yeah, that's it. Without further ado, let's get into the show. We are foregoing the randomizer and starting with World Trigger. Uh, this is World Trigger Chapter 207, The Away Mission Test Part 5. A full 40 pages of manga. Oh. Wrong sound, but that that's still majestic as hell. Yeah, <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, yeah, I guess this is the, what's going forward. Uh, Ashihara is finally giving us like monthly sized chapters. Very excited about that. Uh, I'll take any more World Trigger any day of the week. Um, but we're starting off uh, with the start of the away mission test. Uh, this is kind of like the non-battle one, uh, the the test that will have uh, certain squads um, just put into a pod and see if they can live with each other, essentially. Um, and we start off uh, with Osa with Sua Squad, which uh, has Osamu in it, uh, and we spend most of our time with them as he is the MC of this story. Um, they enter in; they have to change their clothes. I guess like they can't bring too many personal effects on board on the ship uh they get these random long sleeve like designed long sleeve t-shirts uh <laughs> i have a theory behind that by the way hmm. 
That's interesting. Well, I mean, like Derry, just that I think he did that for the sake of the readers, so we can help remember, like we can associate not only the character design but the design on the T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I feel like it's they're a ton gonna... of characters to 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 like you know. Oh yeah, keep track of. Oh yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I mean, to go to the effort because this is actually artistically kind of hard to do, is to have these designs on everything. Uh, yeah, from experience, have them consistent. Yeah. Uh, it, so you know, all that effort has to amount to something. I would imagine. Um, but essentially, they are uh, guided inside, and uh, inside they have triggers of their own. They're all they're, each person on every squad is given a trigger. Uh, they enter to a completely dark room, and uh, they see this panel on the side, uh, which essentially is uh, is basically how you fuel the ship. Uh, once Osamu puts his hand on it, uh, the whole ship lights up, and as we already know, these ships are powered ex- almost exclusively by Tryon. Um, so this is a simulation of what that. it would be. Uh yeah, and we get like the announcer guy kind of explaining how it goes. Uh, they activate their triggers and they switch over, or they they switch over to their Tryon bodies. Uh, part of the rule of the game of this test is that they have to remain in their Tryon bodies throughout the duration of the exam. Um, they get these laptops as well um, that we learn later that is um, that's where captains get their orders from the top, and they are to relay them to their squad mates. Um, before the test they can, they can begin, every captain has to kind of explain their methodology for choosing their team. Um, and yeah, I, it's a lot going on. Um, I guess I'll try to simplify it as best I can. Um, Utagawa squad was, he put his team together based on mobility and long-term con- combat. All his squad mates are, um, more accustomed to doing that with Yuma being able to walk around, run around and, uh, Tomo doing the same, you know, just mobile, strong fighters uh, that can last yeah. long in a fight. Um, OG also, I think a lot of these people kind of thought of mobility because um, OG Squad kind of says something along those same lines, whereas he just wanted people who can run and use swords. So, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, Kakizaki picked his squad. Um, Basically, he wanted people who are more experienced in A-rank battles because he assumes that there's going to be A-rank uh, agents participating in the second phase of the exam. And uh, Pretty slick. Yeah. yeah. I- Inukai and, and um, Kagura both are used to be A-rank squads. Uh, so, you know, it's a good way to go. And, and what's her name? The um, the child prodigy herself that's going to become the new greatest agent of World Trigger. <laughs> I mean, of uh, of, we haven't even got there yet. Oh my god, (laughs) you couldn't wait. You could not wait. Korai, you couldn't get. You couldn't wait to get uh to get to what's her face. I don't even remember her name. Why do you fix it? No, I was gonna make a strong point. Come on, man. Mm. Where are you? you? Well, look. The point is, she. I mean, all right. She's directly learning from her captain, which is uh, Yuba, right? And he was previously in that rank as well, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's not. She's not so, on his squad. Yes, she is. Not right not now. Not right now. Yeah. But I'm saying she's she learns directly from him. Oh, geez. You know what I'm saying? That's her squad mate. So I guess like, while you know, while 
the other two had direct, um, I guess, A rank experience. She also had it indirectly. Yeah. Just thought that was pretty clever. Okay. What was kind of weird was the fact that he picked that he um was the fact that he picked the coma. Oh no, we're I mean we're talking about Kaki's OG squad. Oh, you're talking about OG. OG. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, he did have Ikoma. Ikoma's very strong, <laughs> so I think... Oh, you know what? I definitely... Yeah, 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 that's... Yeah, yeah, that's the squad I was talking about. Oh, yeah. No, he no. is strong, but don't they got beef? No. Uh, they just fought in a rank war, but they don't have beef. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, Kagura yeah. and Inukai who have beef, apparently, because um, Kagura hates Inukai. It's kind of funny. Uh but yeah, he's the one who wanted Kagura because and Inokai because they both have experience on A rank. Kitazo didn't really have a plan because he was he, I think he picked close to last in every part of the lottery. So he was just kind of at the mercy of that. So his concept was like, eh, I I think we got a decent balance and he basically got all of the 16-year-olds for the most part. Uh and that was basically his most strong through line. The uh yeah. the only problem is is that well, I remember Hana. She's on uh, Katori Squad. She's the operator from Katori Squad. Yeah. Um, but he also got two of like completely conflicting personalities to Kikuchihara, who's kind of bummed that he's there. Um, yeah, he he can't believe that that was his. Re- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That even though, as he said, he's at the mercy of the draft. He, come on, man! You can put a little bit more thought into just the age range, but hey, you got an A rank agent. <laughs> Which is you got, you got a, you know, you got a group of more. I guess like they're closer in age range, so they're more relatable, and that matters for if you got to stay with a group of people for a full week. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. I think they'll do pretty okay. Um, it's it's pretty cool. Um, we get to Kuruma Squad, and Kuruma Squad, he's basically like, hey, you're all positive folks with stamina to burn, so you know, I think we can uh, do do pretty good in a in a battle coming up. Um, and he has Yuba squad as a second in command because Yuba's a more like a firm hand. He's he's also like the second oldest in the team. He's gonna keep everybody in line, which is pretty cool. I like seeing Yuba being like, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna be a great second in command." I appreciate that about him. Um, he reminds me of Ida in a way where he's like very dutiful and very nice uh, when he has to. He's he's about the mission. I appreciate that. Um, Kodera picked his squad because of mobility for the most part. Uh, and, You're good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they may not have the best uh, try-on levels, but all of them can really fight, and Kodera is a sniper, so it's a better balance on his team. Uh, he's also an A-rank member, so that that's kind of cool. Uh. Nino Mia basically says that he pretty much just got lucky in the first two rounds, so he got two pretty strong players in Azuma and in Chika. Um, yeah, and he was like, "I chose Emma because," <laughs> and Emma's like, "Chill, chill, 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 don't say right." Chill, 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 chill. And I mean, Nino Mia, good for him for being a good wingman. He's he comes up with some. No, he's really been like man tame about about the situation. Like he, I mean, he's been very cooperative, low key. Yeah, he doesn't even have to be dramatic about it. He just pauses for a moment and goes, 
Yeah, I just thought it'd be great to have another sniper for our uh just like the Arafune. communicator. Just like yeah. Arafune squad. And um I guess Kagami is his is his team's uh Oh, is I didn't team? even realize that. I don't that know. is true. I that is a team full of snipers, right? No, no, I'm saying uh I I think he mentions that he had he chose because he had Kagami uh who was who's their operator that it'll be an easier time. Oh no no because they're all three snipers they'd have an e- uh their operator would have an easier time. Um because she'd only have to plan for like what snipers would do and have one attacker. She doesn't have to coordinate all these different positions. Pretty slick, you know me. He went ham. <laughs> He did, man. He's like, yeah, I can handle the rest. <laughs> uh, you guys just perch up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just watch my back. <laughs> Get my blind side, which is Get my, my entire side. back. I'll handle everything else. <laughs> um, three hundred and fifty-nine degrees. Yeah. Um, Mizukame chose his squad strictly on intelligence. He's just like, well, I got Cone, so I might as well get other smart players. Um, and he's like, I think we could do really well in the sealed environment phase and get our bonus. You know, I he he seems to be like the only one who really wasn't thinking about the battle exam. Yeah, he's like, man, we don't get this brizzash, <laughs> and we'll figure it out after that. <laughs> it's interesting because everybody else thought about it. Except for except for Mizukami, he's the only one who was like, "I just want the bonus, <laughs> so let's just get through this bonus." Um, um and Murakami, he's like, I, "Man, I picked whoever thought it was best in the moment. Uh, I didn't really put too much thought into the future, but I figured since Hiyami's here, she'll she'll pretty much figure it out for us. She's a capable operator." Um. And he's like, I've never played the role of captain before, so I've subconsciously wound up picking up a bunch of solid second in commands. And that was true, man. Look at them. Yeah. Uh, this was a really cool because their squad is also very cool. Like, I know that uh, Karachi, I remember him for having the salamander bullet that yeah, yeah. explodes. Uh, I like I like Kumagai a lot. I think she's fucking cool. She's from uh, Yeah, she's Nasu. dope. She got a lot of heart. Yeah, she's got a lot of heart. And uh, Susumi from Sua Squad. Who's got the shotguns? Uh, yeah, that guy. He's you know <laughs> double shotgun action. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, he's like, uh, I mean, you know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, Rokudera is basically like, I had pretty much the worst luck of the draw. I think Rokudera chose like first one time, but. Yeah, he 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 also picked whoever was best in the moment. Uh and finally, we have Suwa who basically just went by his gut and he was just like, uh, I don't know, the drawn lots and my instincts put this squad together. I didn't really think too much about it. But you know what? We ended up with a good bunch. And he did. Uh Katori's very capable, Oki's very capable. Um and of course Osamu. So, excited. Um, and then it's revealed that Suwa apparently knew this entire time that the lottery res- was rigged. Um, so the it's random unbeknownst to me, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know it either. But somehow, and I, I, I wish they had explained how Suwa knew this. Like we got a little panel, like before this, where he understood it. But he basically explains that um, 
the the wooden sticks that were uh that were used to uh draw lots for who would pick and what uh in what order were made from some special tryon thing and the they reacted to the individual tryon signature of the people drawing the lots so everybody had their their draft picks kind of uh uh destined for them uh and they're like why why would they go through all that trouble and so it was like i mean remember that survey that we took where we had to explain who we didn't want to be on a squad with uh yeah they probably did it so you know people would end up on squads with folks they said they hated uh <laughs> and katori realizes like oh <laughs> what happened what you got something to say uh yo yeah makumo he he just starts getting uncomfortable as soon as he said that i'm like oh come on bro you could have held it down yeah They're like shit i don't know what you're talking about i love all of y'all <laughs> equally just been real fake big brother about it you know <laughs> just like i love all of you <laughs> real fake yeah Oh, yeah. So Suwa decides to take the team and, you know, check the facility and see what it's like with supplies and whatever, food, baths, toilets, and water. Uh, and it turns out uh, we cut over to the uh, monitor room where individual A-rank members are watching each one of these squads. Or I think, like, maybe squads of two are watching each uh, pod. And there are a couple of uh, people who they, they take note of who's sitting down to check out the laptops first or who's going to check the accommodations first. Uh, Kakizaki, Kitazo, Suwa, and Murakami all went first to go check out the the digs. And Utagawa, Oji, mm. and Kodera are starting with the data. Um, there's they're no, all judging them. They have to. <laughs> because like, this damn, is, how you going to make me lose points because I wanted to go see how the beds look? Hey, they didn't say that. <laughs> they didn't say that specifically. That's true. Uh, they didn't say one choice or the other is worse. Uh, oh, but yeah, they also noticed that uh, Wakamura uh, is getting a pretty bad start. But they're like, ah, I don't know. He's checking the files. Um, and they explained the, the system behind the laptops is that the captain gets the orders and they have to share uh, the orders with everybody else. Um we cut over to oh well, yeah no we're still up with uh with Wakamura, and he realizes that um that Hughes can't read uh the the rules because of course he's a neighbor but to everybody else he's from Canada, so uh they basically uh, he, this is a I really like this scene first of all because like Rokujer is like oh you can't read it right uh hey can can one of you volunteer to read the rules to Hughes, and uh, they're like wait how do you understand us if you can't if you can't read Japanese yeah. and he's like, well, because of my try on based, uh, I only understand by understand. I only understand you guys by interacting with the try on based data and your voices. Basically our try on bodies translate to each other. And, uh, they're like, Whoa, you could do that. It's probably bullshit. <laughs> I, I don't know. They don't confirm if this is a real for real deal thing. I mean, it's probably, True, just because neighbors probably don't speak the same language as that's fair. you know Earthlings. So I guess he could be telling the truth here. It would. It doesn't seem like Hughes say bullshits a lot. No, I'm I, I'm not saying that this is a lie that Hughes came up with. I'm saying that like the top brass is like, okay, if anybody asks, this is why. But you know what? That also makes sense. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> I I was just thinking uh, aloud. Is like I wonder if that's a real thing. But that totally makes sense. 
Um, but yeah, they're basically like, hey, so wait, when you don't have your trying on body, does that mean you can't understand us? And Hughes is like, yes, that is the case. But I do have my horns, which works as a try-on body, so mm. I can understand you guys yeah. fine. <laughs> it should be fine either way. I think that's going to play a role. I think someone's going to run out of try-on, or maybe they're going to get out of their try-on bodies, like to, to go to sleep or something like that. And then he's going to—they're going to say good night. He's going to be like, "Good night, yeah. good night." And they're going to be like, "What?" Yeah. No, I mean. What you mean, good night? No, not you. They are like, what the fuck you mean, good night? How do you not? No, he could do it with a try without a try on body too. Like he no, says but that they, not but, try- they, but like then they're gonna be like, oh how? Like how could you do that? They, no, he's I, saying I ain't gonna lie, man. They might find out about this nigga on this trip. They might. I will say that, but I don't think this may not be it because they established that even if they're out of try on bodies, he can still understand them. So, and Hughes has apparently seems like he has a big try on supply. So I don't think he's going to run out. Well, okay. They're going to address like uh, some of the rules and then I'll bring I'll try to remember and bring this up again. Right. Or what oh, well, I'm talking about. This is the this is the moment I like that uh, I, that I was talking about. Um more I know this is the Akoma uh, squad operator. She asks like, "How how do you know that Hughes can't read Japanese?" And he's like, "Well, Samu called me yesterday and uh, explained to us how Hughes Hughes was not raised in Japan." And um, they're like, whoa, that's pretty good leadership. And um, I like it. He throws a little respect his way. He goes like, mm-hmm. he tends to take initiative like that. And it's like, oh, our boys are yeah. getting are getting along and respecting each other. Yeah, um, he knows Makumo's work ethic. I mean, he don't got to like him as a person, but he yeah. know what the fuck, you know what time it is when it comes to Makumo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ikoma squad operator is basically like, my guy would never... Uh, it's pretty funny. Um, we cut over to Mizukami squad who is looking over the rules. He gets the rules first. All the captains have the rules before everybody else and they distribute the rules to the team. So he's reading about the battle simulation assignment rules and he deletes it before sending it to his squad, uh, which is like, whoa, sus. <laughs> uh, sus AF. Yeah. And- he's been moving real weird. Yeah, and um, the number two squad takes notice of it. They're like, oh, shit, Mizukami deleted the rules. Uh, and um, the oh, opera- <laughs> Yo, I think he's the only one who did it, too. And, um, yeah, he explains that, uh, the operator explains that, like, well, it's entirely possible that not sharing every last bit of data will give a leader more control over that underling- of, their own- of their underlings. That said, how audacious of him. Uh, and yeah, basically, I like the way he put, he did that. By the way, just no, just loving the like you know the yes. small things. How it went, he showed her natural thought process that leads her into saying that out loud. Yeah, which is natural. That is how it occurred. I don't know. I I thought I just thought that was really well executed. Yeah, no, that's like a little subtle. Am I being extra right now? No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I know don't what you mean. I know. I, I know exactly what you mean. It's just like. A lot of the time, it's it's funny with shonen manga where they're just like, this guy, <laughs> and with no context. Yeah. But like, yeah. it, you know, World Trigger is heavily detailed like that. <laughs> you know, I, and you know, you got to appreciate the little things about it. Uh, so we cut over to uh, Rindo, who's also looking over, and um, the Tamakoma one girl. I forget, I forget her name. It's been so long for World Trigger. I know she's uh, the axe girl. 
from uh, operator, right? Hmm? That's their operator, but the girl next to her. Yeah. Um, I feel like I should know her name, but I don't. I, I feel really ashamed. Uh, Brian, you got this? She's cool. You know, she's, she's cool. She's ex ex girl. Yeah. You know, ex girl. She 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 turns up. Yeah, and she's Good basically enough, right? like, "Wow, this isn't really feeling like a test, huh?" And um, <laughs> it turns out everybody's doing about the same. Everybody's doing okay. Uh, no one's doing overly better than everybody else. And Jin comments is like, "Yeah, that's because there there hasn't been a real measure to their weakness." Talking about Konami. Konami, damn it! Thank Konami. you, Brian. <laughs> I should Snake know this. Sandwich. I feel ashamed. I apologize. Uh, but yeah, so she's basically like, uh, Konami's like, eh, things are pretty equal, you know, and just like, eh, we'll see when the teamwork's really going to be tested when a squad starts taking the lead. And uh, that's where the chapter ends. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is just kind of the start establishing things. Uh, I don't know how this test is going to go. It's kind of weird and unpredictable in that way because it very much uh, depends on dynamics and whatnot. So I, I really like this chapter. I, I'll say one more thing and I'll let you guys... Uh, we, get, we get a lot of comments and be like, you guys should analyze the separate squads and why they came together the way they did. And um, well, we'd love to, but World Trigger very much does it on its own. Uh, yeah. <laughs> World Trigger is just when you think you're going to analyze World Trigger, World Trigger analyzes itself the next chapter, which, I mean, that's part of the charm and that's part of why we love it. Um, we'll keep analyzing it and stuff, but just so you know, it's kind of rough to do it when like Ashihara is sitting at his desk is like, oh, you think you know what's going on? Well, no, I'll tell you exactly what's going on next chapter. I love how Sua, Sua was the guy who noticed when bullshit is going on, you know? Yeah. You know, I didn't care for Sua that much until Chris made a point about Sua Squad. And I remember reacting like, eh, I guess they're okay. I just kept thinking about it, thinking about it. I kept seeing them. And I was like, you know what? These are some cool motherfuckers. Cause these, are the, these, are, these are the savvy guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. These are the guys. These are the thinkers. They just don't, you know, they're just not presented that way. Just yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like. There was a point I wanted to make earlier, right? So, in part of the rules, they said that they had to keep their try on body on from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Now, it didn't specifically imply that they weren't allowed to keep it on past those times, right? So, I guess maybe you could say Husey would be able to keep his try on body for the. Into, you know, yeah. all day, all night, right? But I do believe that they he went out of their way to, like, make a point of that. You know, for, I guess, for Hussein, like I said, I think maybe he's going to trip up or something and they're going to remember that. Yeah. Because he was explaining to them, and that is something that's unique to Hussein. Yeah. Right? Because obviously they haven't seen that before, so I think they're going to be really keyed in. And, I mean, even aside from that, from him being a suspicious person in the first place, He's in a. He's gonna be in a in in a in a little like you know in a small confined area with three other people for a whole entire week. Yeah, they are gonna get to know each other, man. Oh yeah, you know, one way or another, whether they want to or not. Is it a week? I don't remember how long this uh this part of the. I believe so. I believe so. Uh, Well, yeah. Okay. If that's the case, because I thought it was like kind of like a day or two, 
But if that's the case, if it's like several days, then yes, Houston will more li- more than likely slip up in front of his squad, um, which will make the dynamic interesting going forward. Even um, because I think like word will just get around, <laughs> and maybe Houston will probably like change some misconceptions that people have about neighbors. It's a week. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Something's gonna happen with Hughes. <laughs> I don't see it happening the other way. That's um. I I think it's uh. It's just kind of one of those things that you feel like. Well, if it doesn't happen, it's almost weird. Like, yeah. isn't this the opportunity? No, you're right. You know, because it would just be way too cliche for him to have that moment when they're out on the away mission or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just way more drama if a few people know about it, where they can make a good moment out of hit, like you say, actually trusting the humans. Mm-hmm. And making new, like actual new friends. Yeah, and also some, you know, like I said, drama where people know things and tell people and tell another person. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I'm fucking couldn't, excited. Couldn't, uh, <laughs> that's all I really got to say, Brian. Do you have uh, anything to say about World Trigger before we move on? No, this is just a classic, you know, World Trigger thing. I'm just really interested in seeing how uh, he's gonna be able to carry this. Uh, the show for a while off of just interactions. I think it's going to be really interesting because we know that for the foreseeable future, combat isn't going to be around. Um, So I'm really interested in seeing how this goes on how he writes it. Agreed. Um, I think for sure there's going to be a lot of strategy involved and a lot of thinking. Um, Tryon, Tryon is gonna like Tryon usage and 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 their ability to to use it in a in a in a efficient manner. I think that's gonna come about. Remember, they made a point that they're gonna have to like you know use their own Tryon to fuel like their 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 living container. So they're gonna have to take turns, and you know they're not gonna just make it easy peasy. And like uh, like your boy with the with the Fujin said himself that like the games are just about to begin yeah like when they you know there's going to be rankings and all of that yeah yeah it's going to be thought out also i'm really interested in seeing like uh the other the new styles of or not the new styles but the different types of leadership that will come out from this like what we'll see um how people lead and how they choose to lead because we already see that there's differences already and it hasn't really started yet. Like, we already see a dude who's gonna take control of a team just by being the person who's in the know the most. And that's why you have to follow him, right? So that's why he's, like, there's a guy who's literally hiding information from his team so that he has power with information. So there's gonna be a lot of interesting, different uh, ideals and, uh, and uh, what's it called? And different leadership styles. Leadership styles that I'm really interested in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with that being said, uh big fans of World Trigger, obviously. This was a great chapter. Um very excited to see what's going next. Let us randomize. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm used to saying it. I've said it for a hundred and something no, episodes. Yeah, it's at this point. It's all good. <laughs> it's, I guess it it'd be weird it if you didn't say it. Yeah, but anyway, it's it's the Xbox. <laughs> We're starting. Uh, we only got two, which is pretty cool. Oh no, there's another book. 
So there was a chance where it could have been either or. I, I'm wrong. Yeah, there's a third one. Batman. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. We aren't really randomizing corrected. it. So I'm like used to just saying it. Um, but yeah, we're starting with Hellions, number 11. Um, last we left off, there was some shady shit happening with Mastermind and Arcade uh, where they lured Mr. Sinister over and basically held him hostage and forced him to create a whole bunch of clones for Arcade's arcade place. <laughs> so... Oh, wait, I, did, I didn't hear you. Did you say something, Josh? Arcade. No, I just repeated you. Oh, okay. Arcade place. Arcade's arcade place. <laughs> uh, and basically, they trapped uh, the Hellions who came to save Mr. Sinister uh, under these illusions using Mastermind's powers. Uh, Psylocke has been slowly fighting these psychic uh, illusions for a while. She can't... Uh, not just a while. Years, bro. Yeah, years in her perception. Uh, yeah. She's she's got a little bit more freedom than the other Hellions because, you know, she's the telepath of the group and she can kind of like control. She can fight back a little more than the others can. Um, at some point, she runs into uh, John uh, Gray Gray Crow Gray Crow. Yeah, yeah, and they reunite for a while. They talk about like what just happened, and she's like, "Yeah, we're in a fucking illusion." <laughs> so you know, let's get everybody together and uh, stage a jailbreak out of this guy's mind. Um, meanwhile, in the outside world, uh, Mr. Sinister is working on the clone technology that he promised Arcade. Uh, and I wish they had, like, I get it. I get what they're trying to do here with Sinister, but I wish they kind of had it just for easy reading sake, because in the last issue, they pulled out a lot of Mr. Sinister's teeth. So he's talking weird because of it. And they really, like, write it out. Yeah, it was... <laughs> I get it, and I almost to the point that it was a little annoying. Well, it was just hard to read. It, it was, yeah, it was a little annoying, like annoying to read. Cause I was just like, ah, I get it, man. This teeth is fucked up. Like you could have done it. Right. You, you should have just done it for like one or two, and then we get the point. It's just like you just do it regular, so I can read this thing well. Um, but yeah, he's just out here. He's like, where are my centrifuges? Uh, and he's complaining. He needs the technology and all that. Uh, Arcade has, uh mastermind's daughter hostage and also the guy who is making sure that mastermind hasn't put him under an illusion he's got that guy's family as well that guy's family as well yeah <laughs> so it's just kind of like an endless layer of kidnapped families uh but meanwhile inside the mindscape that mastermind has created psylocke and uh grace gray crow run into havoc who has been being tortured by madeline Pryor in his mind the entire time and um, apparently, like, she just, Madeline just left because she thought he was punishing Havoc by leaving him. And he's like, actually, she did me a huge favor and let me go. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they didn't know that I was over her already. Uh, but, yeah, they do that. And they also conveniently run into uh, Nanny, Wild Child, and um, the fucking Orphan Maker. Yeah, uh, they're all being chased by, I guess, visages of X Men. Uh, Here, <laughs> just a recap, short recap, guys. Uh, Wild Child's. Uh, so, so Arcade put them in a dream fantasy, right? And uh, at first, they was it was like some happy shit, and then it turned into a nightmare. 
And remember Wild Childs? Like he he walked into the field while Wolverine and Sabretooth was fighting, and they oh, yeah. was like, "Oh nah, we gotta get up out of here, man." Wild Childs a bad man. <laughs> he's he's a too, bad he's way man. Way too strong and powerful. Yeah, you know, he's he's a big deal. Yeah, that's and then they just <laughs> that's Wild Childs. And how they're all chasing him is just being the alpha in the room and and cucking <laughs> constantly. Yeah, uh, but. In any case, yeah, they're all running from the vestiges of the, the X-Men fighting them off. And Psylocke is like, oh, cool. I, I found a little weakness in his psychic thing because Mastermind's having a hard trouble. Like, the more of them come together, the harder it is for him to maintain the illusion. So now that they're all together, it just, I guess, becomes kind of unsustainable. And she's able to just, like, burst through uh, and leaves behind just, like, an evil version of herself. Uh, for them to also face. So that's what's happening. Meanwhile, on the outside world, uh, Mastermind's like, yo, she got out! And right in that moment, uh, Psylocke karate chops through the fucking door. Uh, karate kicks through the door. F- high Flying kick. It was pretty dope. Uh, and this girl that like works for Arcade, she comes up like she's going to do something. Yeah, <laughs> she comes in like go back into your cage dog and immediately Psylocke anime style slashes straight through her um, <laughs> <laughs> like Roronoa Zoro on this shit just went psh- just went through her no problem <laughs> yeah yeah and this- just like she opened that door I think that I think that door gave her more of an issue than she did for real uh, <laughs> uh so yeah, uh, at that point, RK is like, oh my god, is this real? And the guy who confirms his reality is like, it's real. Psylocke's there. And she's about to kill the fuck out of Mastermind. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's like, wait, wait, give me a second. And then he Mastermind turns over to the guy and is like, I know he has your family too. So if you release my daughter, I'll make sure he releases your daughter or your family, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, Okay, <laughs> I'll do it. And Arcade has lost all of his playing cards. Um, Mastermind has unleashed the illusion. And that's when Mr. Sinister comes in. He's like, aha, all part of my plan. <laughs> and everybody's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I eisen this whole thing. Uh, <laughs> the whole thing. It was his plan for him to ha- get kidnapped by Arcade, have the Hellions come and rescue him, so that he could use, I guess, Arcade's hideout to continue doing whatever the fuck he wanted without wow. the help, without the eye of Krakoa watching over him. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how how I didn't how it didn't occur to me because it's hard to read the whole time he's reading it like with the shrush shrush, shrush. but he explains that Arcade kidnapped Mastermind's daughter and to make me make him fresh clones for the for the murder world but then jason made his move and he they would pretend that he would be in prison so he can get his cloning operation under uh, a go so he can do whatever he wanted in arcade's lab so yeah that worked out for mr sinister and mr sinister basically has psylocke kind of in his pocket because he has her daughter like he he can bring her daughter back to life, uh, and yeah, she's basically working for him in order for her to get her daughter back. So she doesn't say anything to the Hellions. She doesn't say anything to the Council. 
and they all just kind of go home. And that's kind of where the chapter ends. Uh, but Psylocke is pissed. Uh, she's getting sick of this shit because this is the second time that Sinister has like used her. But yeah, I mean, I think that's all. I, I don't think I missed anything, right? No, I mean, she was like you said, and that was kind of the conclusion. She she's mad. She's really mad at him, but when isn't she? Yeah, she's big mad. But Sinister just kind of did the most just to be able to do shit low key, and I just feel like he didn't already have a situation like this, Sinister, where you could do shit low key. No, because this is just this is just the seventh place. I don't know. I don't know if he had like a real low key hideout where no one in Krakoa knew what it was. So, I think this is the the whole deal is so he could do whatever he wanted without the council button in because he's supposed to be exclusively working for Krakoa and doing stuff for Krakoa. Mm. Uh, but now he's, I don't know what he's trying to do, but he's doing some fucking shady garbage. I remember back in House or Powers of X, whichever one, they explained that in mm-hmm. one of the realities. I think Sinister sells them out at some point, and I think that's yeah. still very much a possibility. Uh, I mean, yeah, and, and turns over the uh, the the Chimera program to them. Exactly, but to yeah. you know, to the posthumans. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how much Hellions has kind of grown in in my opinion. When it started out, it was just like kind of meh, but it's it's one of uh, the better X books out there. I really I really have fun reading it. Uh, I, I I'm very excited to see what's coming next for it. Uh, any thoughts before we move to the next one? All right. With that being said, uh, we are moving on to Marauders number 20. Uh, this is basically a big old uh, storm love storm stan issue, which I yeah. liked. I think this was pretty cool. Yeah, was cool. Um, basically, it's the night before the Hellfire Gala and the Marauders are all hanging out on this big ass boat. Just chilling because that's what they are. <laughs> They're pirates. So. They're chilling, having a final dinner because Storm is kind of quitting the team uh, after the Hellfire Gala. Uh, and, you know, they, everybody shares their reminiscences of, like, dope Storm moments. And a lot of this issue is just Storm being a fucking boss bitch, you know? Stomping on oppressors left and right, kicking ass, taking names. At the same time, uh, everybody's trying to guess how many knives Storm has on her because she seems to have throwing knives at all times. Um I think my favorite story comes when uh, Iceman went to go see uh, the hate monger with Storm because they had a beef with him early on in the Marauders. And what hate monger is, is basically mutant clansman. He's just like a regular human being who's just an out and out racist. Uh, and they beat the shit out of him in an alleyway trying to negotiate in quotes, like kind of like a piece. And she kind of reveals to him they're like, yeah, mutants are never going to die. Like, you're never going to be able to kill us. So you might as well just, like, live your life and leave us alone. And, yeah, in the face of a futile effort, then he basically just throws away his fucking dumb outfit and is like, all right. Dumb outfit. <laughs> yeah, did he just give up like that? Yeah, he's, I mean, if you knew your your one true enemy was unkillable at all times then I guess you'd have to be like, I guess I'm going home then. <laughs> I guess I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, Emma Emma has a very personal story with uh, 
she knows firsthand how fucking cool Storm is because she got her ass beat by her at one point. Uh, but do she, you remember when this happened? This was a long time ago. This was like way back before oh. Hickman era, is from what I understand. Uh, so okay. yeah, basically she knows firsthand. She's like, well, Storm will beat the shit out of you, but she'll also lift you up when you know when uh, when she sees a a path to redemption for you. Which is cool. Very cute. Um, Kitty Pride has her moment when, like, she first realized uh, what happened. You know, when she couldn't go through the gates, and Storm kind of comforted her and fixed her nose by cracking into place. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we end on um, after the like. You know the storm stuff is over. We cut over to outside the boat, where <laughs> where uh, Shaw Sebastian Shaw is just chilling it by himself. <laughs> He's not with the Marauders. <laughs> yeah, man, they probably don't want that nigga there anyway. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think they want to be in each other's presence, really. But but no one told them to go sit in his wheelchair on the back of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, vicious, it, vicious warbirds. Yeah, it, he's basically like, well. You know the the Hellfire Gala is almost here, and I should be happy for Mutant Dumb. But you know what? I have not been happy for years because I just wish she was here for me, Lord Chantel. Mm. I don't know who that is. Brian, could you please look up Lord Chantel? It's a uh, L- Lordis. Yeah, Lordis. It's L O U R D E S Chantel. Um. And Emma knows her too. She's like, ah, oh, Lords. Oh, Lordus. Um And for whatever For whatever Lordus was a mutant teleporter. The, and the lover of the supervillain Sebastian Shaw. Ooh. Yeah, I mean I guess we could refer to She that. was a short range teleporter, not like uh Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler I guess. So she can't Nightcrawler. really like fucking go all over the place. I guess she died at some point. And uh, Sebastian's just like, I miss. Yeah, my, she did. I miss my girl. <laughs> what a sentinel killed her. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, a sentinel killed her. Oh. <laughs> oh. By financed by Buckman. Buckman, which led Shaw to take over the Hellfire Club. Oh, oh well. <laughs> I guess he didn't lose everything after that. But yeah, I I hope they bring her back. I mean, everybody seems to like her, <laughs> despite. If, despite her affiliation with uh, with Sebastian, but yeah, he's like, okay, I have a I have an idea, one I will bring to the council along with the Hellfire Expedition pr- proposal. Hmm. Mm. And um, yeah, she he basically asks for uh, Frost's support in whatever his like plan is related to, I guess, Lordis. Um, yeah. And uh, next, next, I guess the next time we see the Marauders, it'll be the Hellfire uh, Gala. Um, I like this issue a lot. Uh, I mean, Storm is one of the OG X Men characters I grew up with. You know, with the yeah. animated series back in the day, I used to watch that shit all the time. For sure. Um, and it was always dope when she came on the scene. Yeah, and she's like one of the one of the few Marvel characters who's just an absolute fucking unit in any battlefield. Like Marvel Universe wide, not just amongst the X Men. So, 
it's good to see yeah her get, yeah period like she always, yeah she always puts in a lot of work it's good to see her get her little shine um i i appreciated that and the stuff with at the end with emma frost and uh sebastian was uh, expe- especially interested i don't know what this hellfire gala is gonna be like i don't know what i could expect from it um i know that the verendi kids will probably do something reckless because i think they'll probably yeah, be the probably. main villain of that arc uh but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. I think it's a different kind of story. Uh, yeah, I, and I think it's going to for because a lot of things are going to change after the Hellfire Gala when it comes to like writing staffs for the X Men. Like Hickman's leaving the main X Men title, and he's writing something else. Uh, Jerry Duggan's taking over for him on X Men. Uh, so yeah, I wonder what's going to prompt that much change. I'm very intrigued. That's all I got to say about the Expo. So good pair. Um, do you want to say anything before we move on, Josh? Um, yeah, there was something mentioned about how big a deal, like, I guess, the uh, the Hellfire Gala would be. I think they're going to be making a lot of big moves. For real. Yeah. And, like, like it's not going to just be, this, like, I, I, don't, I don't know what I thought it was. I really thought it was just going to be this, like, really pretentious issue but like you said it's it's crossing over into like all of the different books so yeah this is damn near an event it is an event essentially shit is gonna get yeah man i hope hickman gets real uppity real real uppity yeah well, like if we get some real good um rich people heck hickman dialogue oh like, my god uh, and scientist <laughs> someone call somebody philistine once maybe philistine <laughs> I don't know. That just seems like his vibe. I I appreciate it when when Hickman How gets quaint. yeah when Hickman gets like condescending like he makes yes <laughs> there you go that just, he's the only one I'll take it from man yeah he's Not the best Mendes. he's the best <laughs> I need um, I need I need Hickman to get all the way up his own ass the same way Bendis does yeah it's entertaining please read. it's like reading uh like um. Like fine literature sometimes, where it's like, this is how old English people talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, just right, like right. This is translated this is some, into some modern English. modern Shakespearean, uh, something like that. For real. This is basically what they were saying back then to each other. Yeah. They translated now. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, how eloquent. Mm, yes. Quite. <laughs> <laughs> mm, <great>. uh, <laughs> were you guys ready to move on? Yeah, man. Alrighty, it's time to randomize. Batman! This is Batman number 108. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on in the Batman world. Uh, Scarecrow's coming out, acting up, working with this guy named Saint, uh, leaving Scarecrow's in people's houses, doing some reckless shit. Uh, Batman has also been in the Fortnite universe. Yes. As of right now, and he's got it. They've got a little series on um, that's out. Yeah, that's happening as well. And it's candy. Oh, do we have to get it? <laughs> Should I get it? I think it came out already. No, I I want to. Yeah, but only the first issue. I'll grab it, and maybe we'll talk about it next week. Um, but in any case, yeah, uh, a lot of stuff is going on. Uh, this issue starts out with uh the commemoration of Sean Mahoney, who uh was critically injured in uh the infinite frontier issue where they focused on like future batman stuff uh where somebody seems to have planned 
oh, gone off on a Joker-like attack on Arkham Asylum. Uh, Sean Mahoney got caught up in it. And I guess they're commemorating him because he did save a few people uh, at the price of losing his legs. Uh, mm. And at the same time, uh, Saint is there, but also looking up is Scarecrow just on a rooftop. Nobody notices this giant menacing figure. Uh, it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of badass that he's up there just like. Yeah, I thought he was looking at her. Yeah. No. I think it just looks that way. He's just skulking up there, man. Mm. <laughs> he's like, what? He's like, why are you just watching? Yeah. No, I don't Barbara think that first that. one was a genuine question for her detective like work. I think it was a, like out of disgust. Like, why? Yeah, yeah no. For, um... for what reason? What drives you to do these things, Scarecrow? <laughs> Yeah. What it? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what is? No, that's that's what, what I felt like. That at? was the first sentence, and then the second one. What are you waiting for? That was the detective. Yeah, that was the detective. That was the plot orientated. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Josh is talking about uh, Barbara's also watching the press <laughs> conference, but she went. She's like, enhance like twelve like twelve <laughs> times to catch Scarecrow. She's like, enhance, enhance, enhance more. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite thing it's like enhance the image it's like we all know that whatever you're watching this on if you enhanced it that much it would just be nothing but pixels but not on the batman computers no batman computers are just Bless you. godlike <laughs> they they just fix images man oh i need they those. had pixels for years nigga yeah <laughs> pixels for years pixels out the ass <laughs> yeah uh oh my god dog the next page was one of the greatest moments in batman history is that oh yes (laughs) okay so last week i've never seen this nigga look so bold no that's not true okay so last time on batman uh before the last time we seen bruce himself he was getting ready to infiltrate the unsane uh collective and uh, and you know he he's going under his like favorite criminal alias matches Malone, uh, and he looked like the copiest cop in all of Copland. <laughs> yeah, and remember, guys, screams fed. Yeah, screams sh- shrieks. Federal agent shrieks fed, and then the very next page, no no foreplay, nothing. They're just like <laughs> they're just like he's a cop. And Bruce is on the floor <laughs> holding his ribs like, ow! Yeah, imagine that. That's probably got to be the worst part of undercover work. Is that you got to stay in character by getting your ass thoroughly whooped. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's like, he's a cop. And Master Wise is like, well, he's not who he says he is, but that doesn't does mean he's a cop. And the big guy is like, he's a fucking cop. Let me break his legs. Let me break his arms. I'm like, all right, relax. Oh, he's, yeah, he's real thirsty <laughs> for it. Hey, hey, buddy, why don't you calm the fuck down? Um, and what Master Wise notices that, like, well, he's not a cop because he has very high psychic training. He like he's very he's very able to defend himself against psychic attacks. Brian, you wanted to say something? 
the guy who's really angry is would be like, oh, I'm sorry, bro, but you, this guy just really reminds me of Batman for some reason. <laughs> so I don't know what it is about this guy, but he fucking reminds me of Batman. Like, it's just, maybe it's his jawline. His jawline looks a lot like Batman. Yeah. I mean, but he's got the mustache. I don't think Batman got that, though. Uh, that's what Miracle Molly. Like Jim Gordon. He does look like a young Jim Gordon. Miracle Molly. Yeah, Miracle Molly walks in, who is, I guess, like the main villain of this arc. Um, or, or like you the, think so? Or like the villain that like uh, Tinian has teased lately. Um, she basically comes in and he's like, "Hey, uh, you know, I'll take him if you want," and uh, she basically picks up Bruce and is like, "Take off your dumb mustache and put this mask on and follow me." Uh, and she basically takes him to their ultimate hideout. Um, in the meantime, sinister things are happening at Saint Industries as uh, Saint pulls up with uh, Sean Mahoney, who's in a wheelchair, just like checking out their lab. And he's like, well, you know, we can kind of fix you, you know? And uh, he's like, how? How are you going to fix me? Uh, and it turns out that uh, the guy who helps out Saint, his little assistant guy, he has a and robot. And that was pushing his chair. Yeah. Mind he, you. He's got a robot arm. Yeah, you see, see how I was helping you get around? <laughs> the one on the left side, my guy? All robot. All robot. <laughs> Straight cyborg, nigga. Yeah. You gotta have that too. And, and by the way, that's a sick wheelchair. It is a sick wheelchair. Um... Sean Mahoney makes no, he has no hesitations. He's like, yes, please. <laughs> he was like, well, I can't pay for some shit like that. And the dude was like, bro, it won't cost you a penny. I just like, want to do it for you. And Sean Mahoney completely easily manipulated. He's like, absolutely, I see nothing shady about this whatsoever. Yes, sir. <laughs> please give me legs. And, uh, I will take the consequences. Don't give a fuck. It's actually Tell kind of funny. What? Like, he's like, it will hurt. And he's like, I don't care. Just give it to me. I don't care. And, you know, the deal. I mean, look at that face, boy. Yeah. I mean, this is why you guys got to watch the YouTube videos, man. He's Get like, with oh. it. So, f- go on YouTube.com slash New Jump City. Hit subscribe <laughs> and like. Yeah. <laughs> in, in comments. Hell yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, while you're at it, leave a five-star rating for this podcast. Yeah, on We'd iTunes, it. Spotify. It'd be real great. Yeah, Spotify, iTunes, all of that, guys. Oh, Thanks. and also, don't forget to tell your friends to check us out. Hell yeah. Oh, hell dude. yeah, man. Let your boys know. Let your boys <laughs> yeah. know that Batman's out here wilding for respect, looking like a whole fed. You got your boy <laughs> smiling like somebody... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta see it for yourself. Yeah, for real, dude. You gotta see it for yourself, man. So he looks like somebody just told him he won a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm going in. I would be pretty excited if I was told I could get some robots. I think so too. Appendages, but he's like, he also explains that like the only thing I ask is that you have to be the first peacekeeper of my. You basically have to put on a robot suit and fuck shit up for me. He's like, yes. Yeah, yes. you need to become a cop, right? Quotations or a peace quotations. <laughs> yeah, squad. You, <laughs> you need to be a hyper militarized police officer. <laughs> 
<laughs> and and do yeah. as I say because I gave you robot ability. <laughs> I gave you yeah, and you meant just like absolutely, without a doubt, yeah, without a shadow of hesitation, yeah. I mean, no, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah, yeah. So. Smidge of hesitation. After the easiest manipulation of a character I've ever seen, uh, Batman <laughs> is flying into the uh, Unsanity Collective's one of their hideouts, and it turns out that they're all hiding out in the unfinished buildings that Bruce was working on before uh, all of his money was stolen by the Joker, and he had to fucking live in a townhouse for the rest of his life. Uh, woe is him. But he... Yeah, they all living in his like uh, unfinished buildings, and she basically provides these cybernetic upgrades for people who are basically put out by various shitty things that are happening in Gotham. Uh, and Batman is like, so first your boss wipes them of all their memories, and which I thought that was a weird part of it too. And then he's like, and then you give them experimental technology to help them rob people. And uh, she's like, not people. And he's like, you don't think the rich are people? And she's like, no. Absolutely not, Bruce. <laughs> are you dumb? Well, she doesn't say Bruce, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no. Do they act like people? Do they function like normal people? No. They act like psychopaths, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. no, they're not people. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Fucked up, but I understand uh, her reasoning. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a. I, I think it's a thing a lot of people feel. Uh, it's a, it's very uh, it's kind of a relatable, not an not an unrealistic way of thinking. It's just like rob from the rich to give to the poor. Um, and she also goes around uh, talking about like kind of the system at large. You know, it's like people wish to afford a nicer apartment, get a new job, but all they're doing is giving into a system that does not give a shit about them. Yeah, this was a pretty... All right, before I even say anything else, this is VGI uh, yeah. for me. Yeah. Did, would you give it to Marauders or Hellions? Certified VGI. I didn't give it to anything yet. I didn't have a, I didn't have a favorite. But you That's know what? I, th- I, I like where this Batman issue bodes for the future. Yeah, yeah. That, that as well. But I thought it was a really Certified interesting VGI. conversation they had. It wasn't, it wasn't cheesy, which is something I had an issue with in uh, a certain streaming series I was watching earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into that later. This wasn't cheesy, nor was it misplaced. I think there's a lot of truth to what was being said. At the end of the day, it's a comic book talking about a fictional world, not referencing anything real. But come on, as 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 the as the young kids say, you know the vibe. <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, come on, we, we know what she's talking about, and it's a reality check um, for Batman as well, who was a rich, pampered asshole who felt like, oh, I'm gonna put on tights and, and do as I please because I have all this money and I and I decide to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel um, like that's what a lot of Tinian has been challenging with Batman. I feel like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. There's a there's a very popular uh, idea that like Batman, instead of being Batman, he could have just funneled his money into other resources to help the community at large without beating the shit at people at 3 a.m. Um, Which was the idea behind New Gotham in the yes. first one. 
and Batman has kind of done something like this before. In the very beginning of the Scott Snyder run, he's done. Mm-hmm. He was working on something like that. It's just like shit gets fucked up all the time. <laughs> like even even in um in, in the pre in the previous Detective Comics run when uh when Red Robin was trying to do his you know uh what's his name Tim Drake yeah yeah Tim when Tim Drake was really trying to build like this you know the the uh, I forget what it was specifically, man, but it was it was really interesting. Um, but ultimately, it got shut down because they it just faced so many obstacles, and Doctor Manhattan was doing the most. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that. I've always felt like that's a little bit of an unfair criticism of Batman because if you read the comics, he has done things like. Yeah, these are, just, these are these are casual fans that are that that you know just reacting to like just they're not necessarily the, you know wrong. the popular. Because that's not all. Yeah. Of, that's not where Batman's putting all of his energies towards, and that's a valid point. Is like he doesn't have to be Batman at all in theory. But I don't know. I think like the idea of Gotham is that it's it's too crazy for that. Because like I think the point of Gotham is that the damage has been done yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. So it's just in... Batman's kind of like a band aid, and he is aware that he is just kind of a band aid on a problem that will probably never be fixed. He's become, I mean, here's the thing, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like this has been a built-up consciousness, even through the passing of hands of of the authors. Like, this is something that's being built up, and, like, I feel like, I, like it's a Batman department thing, where everyone is on the same page and is saying, listen, he needs to grow with, with the times and become a better, you know, a, a, a sharper guy. Because at the end of the day, he is just a regular human. You know, by comic book measures, anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's the appeal of Batman, you know? I think, like, that's why Batman, in theory, like, a lot of the time gets the better writers at DC a lot of the time. It's because people are, he's the closest superhero to us to a degree, even if he's, like, this rich guy. He operates in a world that's essentially our world, and his world very much mirrors ours. So, you know, I, I agree that, like, I think a lot of writers of Batman are very conscious of his ability his ability to help people outside of batman and the reason is always that there's just someone out there to fuck it up whether it's a corrupt politician within gotham or the joker or you know clayface or whatever someone's out there out here trying to ruin something for batman uh and that's why he has to be who he is because shit's gotten just so out of line and also batman does his things for the justice league <laughs> he does he helps the universe now at this point yeah, you know, he, th- this, all right, well, there's something I've kind of been thinking about where I remember, I, you know, I, I, I have a great, like, I, I ended up having a good, like, a really great respect for Superman and what he represents when I realized what exactly what it was, you know, him being a, just supposed to be this ordinary guy fighting against corruption, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, his, but his main enemy being Lex Luthor, but then you look at Batman and it's kind of hard not to look at it as, wow, this is a rich and powerful guy that's, like, over-punishing petty criminals. Yeah. I guess except for, like, you know, the the, the, the penguins and Mr. Freezes of, of the Gotham world. But, you know, he is kind of harsh on, like, just the bank robbers and stuff, beating them up, you know, beating their ass and shit. I don't know. It's just, it, it just, when you, when you, when you, when you, when you, Put it when you compare it to Superman, it makes Batman seem like a, a real piece of shit. But 
I don't think that I don't personally believe that that's what Batman is about. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Uh, at the end of the day, he's a detective, and he's just trying to find out why people do the things they do, and he's hyper cynical. I don't think it ever was about a class system or anything like that. I think it was just a matter of like this is how things are, and this is how you know they're going about, like going around dealing with it. Yeah. So it's not, I don't think it's as deep as what Superman maybe has had like intentionally like had intentions for well you know it's people giving these uh oversimplified looks at these characters yeah yeah. uh i mean this is proof within the pudding at all because batman's not wiling out and beating the shit out of miracle molly and these random people that are living in his buildings in fact as much as we gave him shit for (laughs) like dressing up like matches malone and trying to get into like the the Unsanity Collective, his first option was to f- understand them before wiling out and throwing batarangs into their eyeballs. So, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess that... I don't know how we got on this tangent, but I feel like this is a, this is a good conversation to have in terms of Batman. Uh, he's, he's just not that same character that everyone's joking about. Yeah. And he hasn't been for the past 15 years, quite frankly, as far as I can remember. Yeah, no, I mean, as far as long as I've known him, comic version, he's he's been trying. He, you know, he's he's a guy who was trying. Um, yeah, but that's all. I, that's all I gotta say about that. I guess we should move onward. Um, essentially, like uh, Molly figures out immediately that she's Batman. Um. Uh, and he's like, well, you knew. How'd you know? And he, she's like, well, we talked over the radio, so I kind of recognize your dumb voice when you do your dumb voice. <laughs> your dumb voice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and she's like, and also what really gave it away is your reaction to, like, staring out of this wallless fucking building several hundred stories up on Gotham. Most people react a little differently from being, like, that high up. And you seem to think it's home, so I would say that you're probably Batman. And he's like, hmm. So she says, you came here for answers, so, you know, I'll just tell you what you wanted. And Batman just asks her, is like, the Insanity Collective has been breaking its usual modus operandi, targeting owners of media companies based in Gotham. And she's basically like, we were given a tip and a list of assets, and we took the extra cash offered for the job. It was in line with our ethics at the time, and we just did it. It wasn't really... We were just hired. uh, Mm. Because whoever hired them wanted to keep the media afraid, essentially. And and Batman's like, I need to know who hired you. And that's when we come to a splash page of uh, Sean Sean Mahoney getting zapped and getting his new legs uh, installed. As Saint and Scarecrow are just looking beside them. Just like, I did not notice that the first time I, I fucking read this, bro. I noticed Saint. I was just like, yes, I didn't know. Yes, all right. <laughs> I, I noticed notice Saint. Scarecrow. I did not notice Scarecrow <laughs> in the window. He's just there like, ooh. Scarecrow, oh. just, his whole role is just lurking places. Mm-hmm. He's just posting he's like in the a back. Mosquito. His, favorite, his favorite thing to do these days is just post, post in the back, watch <laughs> what's going on. And just be creepy with his big fucking hat. Anonymous. Uh, All mastermindish. But look, he's <laughs> I really think he's checking that out and like, wow, now that's some scary shit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. 
<laughs> yeah, I like that. That's that scarecrow's right like, there. Scarecrow's huh. like, ooh, now that's scary. <laughs> um, but that was I bad. can dig it, Mister Saint Laurent. <laughs> that was. I know that's not his name. I know that's not his name. No, it's cool, dude. That was Batman. Um, I yeah, I mean, obviously, we got a lot of uh, fodder to talk about out of this issue. Uh, Bat- James Tenney is doing pretty good with Batman. I've been enjoying his run. Uh, weirdly enough, I uh, like the Joker War is the only thing I'm a bit iffy about, but even that was cool. Uh, but for the most part, he's been doing cr- pretty great. Like the adi- like most people who come <clears throat> to Batman and start adding characters, they don't have like a high success rate like that. And the new characters that he's added, they're pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, with Punchline being obviously the best one of them all. Obviously. I mean, you know, that went without saying. Punchline is obviously That first issue? What? I'm telling you, man, I bought it, and and I'm going to hold on to it for another 50 years. Watch, it's going to be worth billions. Billions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah. (laughs) We've been enjoying this run. If you like Batman at all, uh, I, I'm very comfortable recommending this run. You can pretty much start it from the top. You don't really need to know. All you really need to know going into this run is that Bane fucked up the city last with Tom King and all that. And Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's and it. everyone's really mad. And Alfred's dead at this point. So Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that too. Kind of, a, yeah. But, you know, you get the point. He's not here. He's gone. Batman twisted his head like a like a twisty cap on his toothpaste. Uh, Yo, whatever happened to Alfred's daughter? She's just out Scott there. Scott Snyder's run. What? She's just out there, dude. She should come back and be his butler. She kind of was. She was kind of doing that for him for a little bit. I forgot why she left. She left at the end of Snyder's run. Then, yeah, like, it's like cared. it's like hey, we're not gonna bring him back. Yeah, we're good. I mean, new right. Tom King had things to do. He's like, I got, I got, I got cat and bat stories to tell. Cat, bat. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. Uh, check out his run. Um, it was good. It was a good was run. Good. Okay, it was a good it was run. Excellent. I, I loved it. It was wholesome. Weirdly enough, Josh, you would be. I think you'd be surprised. Tom King's run is actually pretty polarizing. You either love it or hate it. Type shit out there. Even the uh, yeah, amongst people. Oh, because Detective Comics is separate from Batman. I keep forgetting that mm-hmm. man. No, we're talking about Tom. You King's know what? Run on Batman. Oh, it's very. Oh, Tom King's. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's very like people either love it or hate it. Yeah, I think like I've. I think from they're what just I've not seen, giving it a chance. I think from what I've seen, people are very much like hot and cold about it. I mean, I like it. I enjoyed it. I think it. they're just not giving it a chance. And I think they, they're they looking at it like, man, Tom King just left it. So it's like, they are, I, w- I just assumed it was going to be a lesser version of Batman after Tom King left. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? But Last that was time. just because I was ignorant. And I thought Tom King was the greatest thing. And honestly, he's pretty good. He's, he's one of my like favorites, but not the best. I like Tom King a lot. I'm a fan. Yeah, he's I dope. Mean, if, really dope. If anybody out there wants to let us know what... If you don't like Tom King's run on Batman, why? I'd like to. I'm genuinely actually kind of curious because I haven't seen. I mean, not not because I think just like in general comments, I haven't seen why. Like nobody's given an explanation as to really why they don't like it. Um, I found it fun to read. I thought it was very like very interesting and interesting looking. Yeah. 
in the in the let Batman be a happy person movement. I I was very much yes, it was great because it was it was growth in his character, and that was part of the part of what I was you know talking about earlier, where he he is like that that what he learned from dealing with Catwoman has followed him mm-hmm. into who he is as Batman now and how he goes about his work. I think it's subtle. I don't think it's super heavy handed, but I see it. I, I I believe so. Maybe I'm drinking too much of the Kool-Aid, but this is water in my cup. <laughs> uh, that's such a good saying. <laughs> I like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's all I got to say about Batman. Um, you guys ready to move on? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, I'm ready to move on. Oh, yeah. All right. So we, oh, yeah. we have no manga this week. So No manga. Except outside for World, of World Trigger, Trigger, which is yes. always the best. Yeah. And honestly deserves its own episode, its own dedicated day. <laughs> but we'll save that for another time. I mean, I have all of the all of the volumes. I could go through World Trigger and we could do a cool, fun, dedicated and you guys Bro, we should give it its own episode anytime it drops. That's the that's the type of energy I'm on. <laughs> that's a lot of energy <laughs> for one chapter. I'll do it for a whole series review. We could like go through every arc. <laughs> I'll do that. We could do different episodes, bonus episodes for arcs. Maybe if people really want it. Yeah, I mean, if you want, if you want us to go through, arc I want to go arc, back and read it. It's just that I read it like three fucking times, waiting no, yeah. for it on hiatus. So I'm hey. just, I'm not really super thirsty to. In all honesty, get I haven't back read to it. it. I haven't read it uh, in a few, in like maybe a year, like all the way through. So I'm down to read it. I mean, if you guys want, I mean, yeah, same, I guess. If you guys, I haven't read it, I haven't read it back since it came back out. Exactly. If you guys want like a fun retrospective where, you know, we don't do it all in one episode, but we do arc by arc and talk about World Trigger, let us know in the comments. Let us know what you think. But uh, with that with that being said, um, we don't have manga, so we're going to fill up some time and just have a loose chat, uh, an extended uh, episode of One Shots. Mm. Uh, we have a, we have a couple topics to go through, so let's get into it. Um, first of which, uh, I, I almost am finished with soul leveling, but Josh is completely so low. Uh, Lovely. Yeah. So the the manhwa that is gaining steam and gaining some popularity uh, is, is we're we're picking it up. We're reading it. Uh, and I guess we could give more of our general thoughts. We've talked about it before, but we, me and Josh are both further into the series, so I guess we're giving uh, our initial impressions. Uh, I guess I'll start because <laughs> I'm the most behind. Yes, Christian's <laughs> thoughts. So okay, just so last, run, run, just run your mind. I want to hear. Last time I go. talked about, I was on chapter six or so when we last talked about solo leveling i'm on chapter 90 now uh about 40 40 40 chapters away from where it is currently because i think 150 is the newest one uh and I'll, i'll tell you i'll be honest um it took me a while to really actually get invested in solo leveling um i thought it was cool but it wasn't like i was just like yeah it might not be my thing uh it's it might not be my jam, but then uh, I th- it was the dungeon with um, the knights. Yes, that's when I was like, "All right, I'm in." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because he, he started turning the fuck up, so and he started breaking them up with his fist. I was like, "Yo, yo, get it, 
this series saved itself with the army of the dead that he is able to summon. That's when I was like, all right, I'm in. That's pretty fucking fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. It (laughs) came out of nowhere, too. It was funny because, like, what the series does very well, um, because there's a lot of time he's just kind of, like, thinking to himself and speaking out loud, right? And it it breaks down his thought process really well. So he's like, yeah, you know, I'm... I use daggers. I'm really quick. I'm pretty strong and stuff. Probably going to be like an assassin type or, you know, a hunter type maybe. You know what I'm saying? I don't even have a lot of mana. I ain't gonna, I'm probably not going to be a, a, a magician or, you know, a mage. Blah, 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 blah. And he gets necromancer. I was like, what? Yeah. And he was, he, <laughs> Where the fuck did that come from? And he, even he's lately, he's like, I've been doing assassin guy this entire time. And now I got to be fucking mage and that's i think like his thought process is like wait what if i can also just be a mage at the same time and he took it and honestly best decision he's ever made because it comes in beyond handy uh be yeah this this is i'm not gonna go ahead and say it's one of the most op abilities ever but it's definitely one of the most dope like yeah top 15 top 10 type shit it's one of those things that like it never gets old whenever he activates it whenever he activates it that's how you know shit is fucking popping off i'm like yes whoa yeah <laughs> it, you always get that low angle in the art <laughs> the low angles as iron and um and what's the other one the fucking first night that he got uh igris 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 yeah and he's like uh kill them <laughs> <laughs> handle my light work let me go speak to the boss <laughs> yeah I dig oh, it uh, that was very fun I like uh, how the world it, it really does get better because more people are becoming aware of him and the intrigue that surrounds like the power dynamic in Korea with uh, these separate uh, hunting de- uh, hunter establishments um, yeah I mean th- I think that's what it was is because before it, how many times could I see this kid go into a dungeon and just slaughter everything? Uh, yeah. It needed a little bit of a, an expansion of a world, and, you know, I appreciated what we got from that. Um, I'm getting used to the names as well. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. Jinwoo is the main character. Uh, Sung Jinwoo. Yeah, Sung yeah, Jinwoo. Also, I got to the point, and I, I, this is probably old news, and you, you guys probably have seen him before, but his pops shows up. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> He's yeah. also a monster. No good blood sucker. <laughs> that motherfucker. I guess who's in trouble? <laughs> they're very, they're very locked in on that. Yeah. that and I'm gonna tell you this: uh, uh, where I'm at, that is still essentially the case. They're like, no, that's a monster. He came out of a monster <laughs> gate, monster aura. He just looks He's like a, a monster. Human. That's it. We gotta get him. He him. also beat the fuck out of an S rank hunter. This guy is oh, a monster. You seen that, right? You yeah, seen yeah, what no, he I, did I got to that the nigga? Oh, yeah, they didn't my even show God. his shit. He just like next chapter, he's just like ah. Uh, <laughs> he laid out <laughs> before we even got to see him do anything cool, man. Yeah, that was pretty. cool. Oh, and you ain't see a damn thing yet. I feel yeah, like and I mean lot. that with all positivity, man. Can I can I get back to the monarch power real quick? Sure. Yeah. So so I when this power came around, I was like, I wonder what he's gonna do with this shit. 
Turns out it ends up being the mo the the high I've never seen a guy use this power in such a like creative way. Like a, it's so like it's heavily it's like a utility belt, you know? Like or mm -hmm. it's it you can you it's very I don't know what the fucking word for it is, but it has so many different functions. Like um it can solve so many different problems for him. There's a lot of utility. Yeah, a lot of utility. Um, there you go. That's what I was trying to say. As, as he and then as he levels it up, and honestly, that's the like one of the dopest part about the series is that it is like how we said this a lot of times before, but it's so much like a video game. But as he develops more skills, there's always that kind of thought in the back of your head, like, I wonder what the next stage of it is. Because mm -hmm. it goes from a point where it shows, you know, where it's just stats and they're showing number values. So when he actually starts gaining skills and as they level up, they, they evolve, you know, mm -hmm. it becomes, you know, more of what it is, you know, of what it is, not just the add on, you know what I mean? Or a simple two times the strength. So it, it's, it, it, it kind of like gives you that promise, mm -hmm. like, yeah, there is more to come. Oh yeah. And then that's aside the fact like of what they may throw in there. That's new. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a new class maybe who knows you know what i'm saying yeah and it's like other series you just kind of hope and assume like yeah you know things are gonna he's probably gonna get some new powers or something. you know what i'm saying with this it's like oh man it's only a matter of time before he unlocks it and ggs everybody else yeah i'm always like i mean i'm assuming that someone's gonna be stronger than him like in the outside like one of these hunters is gonna be like little boy sit down and then <laughs> <laughs> little boy and but all these s ranks among meeting him they're like well shit <laughs> what is this guy <laughs> <laughs> well, damn he's so strong <laughs> what's going on? without even seeing him fight they'll, be, they'll look at him and just be like yeah none of the s ranks at this point uh, i don't was, even want to look at that nigga in his, his eyes oh, <laughs> i don't even want to look in the his direction his glowing purple <laughs> just eyes shift <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, but I, I'm fully invested now. Uh, I'm going to catch up, I promise. And then I'll give you my real full thoughts. But I mean, that's all I got to say right now. I think like uh, it's it's very fun. Uh, it is super well drawn and weirdly enough, gets better over time. Uh, mm. As most manga does or manhwa. Uh, you know, it's it's very cool. I'm very into it. To be honest, the art was part of the biggest reason why I got into this series in the first place. Just because it's like, I love Jujutsu Kaisen because it's like reading an anime. But this takes that to another level, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I know Jujutsu Kaisen when it comes to like the fluidity of motion and how people, um, how he draws certain positions. It makes it look like they're they're actually moving. But with this, like with the color and with the with how he angles the shots and how he he paces the series it feels so fucking it it's it's just you could feel the effort coming from it like you could feel the passion and you could see that this should be a fucking show this has to be a fucking show like crunchyroll pick it the fuck up you guys are looking into webtoons already you got tower of god you got fucking um god of high school get fucking solo leveling right the fuck now this shit's gonna pop off if you make an uh, uh an anime on it i think it's gonna come inevitably i think like for manhwa specifically i would imagine people hold back for a while 
just so it can get a lot under its belt because anime comes out weekly no matter what uh so i would imagine that you know they're taking their time and letting it expand and this uh, but, this series is mostly action you're gonna get through yeah. an episode you're gonna Yo, get like oh, yeah. multiple chapters in one episode so i it's one punch man without the yes it's, it's obsessively in terms of action it's one punch man uh i mean you say that you you say that this needs to build up a little bit more but uh Solo, this manhwa is actually based off of a light novel. So this series is already finished. Right. Solo leveling is already finished. This is just uh, the the manhwa, you know, drawing it, drawing it out. Well, so they have all, they have everything. They have everything they need. Guys, get to fucking work, bro. Because you guys are going to roll in fucking money when solo leveling becomes an anime. I swear to fucking God. Like, this series would appeal to so many people. Because Sungjin Woo is such a fucking badass. He's actually just a big fucking walking Chad. (laughs) Sungjin Wooski is my favorite thing in the world. I don't even have words, man. Sungjin Wooski. He doesn't lose. Oh, my God. He's just such a fucking... He's the ultimate Chad. He's the ultimate Chad (laughs) fucking beast in this series. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I pretty oh. yeah. So we'll talk about more about solo leveling as uh, as it goes on. Um but you know what? Let's uh let's move on to our next topic for the sake of brevity. Um Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, that's my piece. So as I mentioned earlier, I started watching uh finally started watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. I was like, bet I want to wait for the series to, if not get towards the end, finish, so I can binge watch, you know, a whole bunch of episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Turns out there's only five. I think um, so, yeah. We're close to the end. But, um, got a lot of thoughts. It's enjoyable. Um, similar to WandaVision in, like, the latter, like, the, the, the latter half of the, of the, uh, series. It really felt like I was watching a, a Marvel movie, you know? Like, there was times where I felt like, oh, this, you know, I, I forgot this was a TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, it was that, you know, well done. The acting was great. The action seemed to really go. There's so much action. Yeah. You know? Um, it's incredible, actually. I'm actually very shocked at how, yeah. like, competently the action scenes are handled. Uh, Disney threw, like... It makes sense. <laughs> Disney had so, to have thrown, like, so much money at these things. Mm-hmm. To get everything and it's not place. it's not senseless um fighting either which is i'm not gonna lie like it really surprised me because even in some comics we get just filler fighting just to do certain stuff like yeah. i feel like every fight scene in in falcon and winter soldier has been like has meant something has a lot of lasting effect and the reason they did it yeah which i i don't know like i don't know if that's if if it's something to make a big deal out of, but you just can't say that for a lot of other. No, that's important. Um, know, every serious. fight has meaning. Uh, you know. Though I will say, uh, yeah. one thing I didn't like about the fights was kind of like I've already talked to Christian about this before, but I feel like whenever Falcon is on the ground just fist fighting people, I feel like it's just such a waste of his like actual like strengths. You know what I mean? Because I feel like the first episode, 
the first episode, the first scene when he's fucking doing all this air shit and he's dodging all that. Yeah, that was my favorite scene in the entire show because okay. it it played to Falcon's strengths. If it, it played to Falcon's strengths so well, like you want to see Falcon do that shit, right? But then you yeah. put it on the ground and he's just trying to he's he just looks so stiff when he's punching and shit. It just doesn't look right, you know? It doesn't feel right. I've seen me, and that's why I feel like um. Falcon Winter Soldier should have been them playing to both their strengths, you know, like have Falcon, you know, always be like, well, not always be in the air, but be in the air doing fucking cool aerial shit and then have Winter Soldier be the ground fighter, dude, like the guy who's who takes on the fucking the, the weights on the ground or draws the attention. Yeah, yeah, like the guy who's the soldier. He's the fucking vibranium Yeah, boots to the ground. Soldier gets shit done on the ground. He's He's not afraid to get messy. And then you have Falcon in the air, just fucking providing air air cover and doing cool shit. I feel like it, there should have been more of that, but I guess it's too much out of their budget. So I and guess to have Falcon always be in the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I don't know if you had if you had wanted to like you know say anything to that, but I'm I was cool with it, and I guess so cool to it to the point that I didn't really. I never even thought about it. I never looked at Falcon and was like, "Damn, man, I like I want you to fly more." Because I thought, I thought the the first fight scene, like you said, when he was doing all of that shit, it kind of told me, like it it kind of reminded me about the Falcon. Because I ain't gonna hold you, bro. Going into this sh- like this series, I was thinking, like, man, this dude's a fucking lame. I don't even like Falcon in the comics. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Let alone in some fucking movie. And I ain't gonna hold you, man. I've never watched Captain America two all the way straight, like, like. So I don't have that that connection with him. You know what I'm yeah. saying as a character, because that's where he came in at, right? Yeah. Number two. Winter yeah. Soldier. But, so I only seen him in the Winter in in um not Winter Soldier in um in Civil War and you know the stuff that came after, and he was just kind of you know tertiary yeah. character yeah. at best. <laughs> uh. So. It, but no, that first fight scene really kind of just, I was like, oh, like this, this, like he got moves, man. This is showing what he can do. This is, and I know I crack a lot of jokes about it, but there is a place for non-powered heroes or heroes that can move with finesse and get things done that where you don't blow things up or have this epic fight that destroys fucking buildings and mountains you know what i'm saying yeah it makes sense it makes sense in this marvel world there's a there's a place there's a niche for it and he does it well and it looked cool literally looked cool on the screen in action him wilding for respect yeah now as far as him being on the street with bucky i just looked at it like you know they're trying to be a little realistic here, here as far as the plot goes like they're gonna get into fist fights and what you can't like i don't expect the, the Falcon, you know what I'm saying? A a, a a Marvel hero, someone that Steve wanted to pass the shield to to be to, to potentially be Captain America, to the shy away from his fist fight and, and not do whatever he can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, could they have maybe been a little bit more creative in how they went about it? Perhaps. But I personally believe that they're going to eventually have a Captain America movie where he is Captain America, or at least he is one of like a Captain America. If they happen to go that route, I think we're gonna see him have his like like have more shine. No, in uh, the future maybe they're saving that. They confirmed you that know? they're making the fourth Captain America movie with Sam as as Captain. Yes, America. 
So they, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to see plenty of him. All right. So we have, they have to establish him as like a, yeah, he will fuck you up too. And he's not scared to even duke it out with super soldiers, mind you, which I want to get into the plot in a few. I guess we're just still talking about uh, the whole action scene. Yeah. So while I understand your criticisms, Brian, I do feel like it was necessary to show that he, he can't get his hands dirty. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, he's just a regular human. You know what I mean? And not yeah. everyone's going to come up to the sky and shit. And that's not always going to be the situation. He's It's not like he could just fight against helicopters. He did his thing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But he can't beat, you know what I'm saying, machine guns and all of that shit. Come Robot like, it's not super yeah, soldiers. He's, He's finesse, man, and but he's also showing that even if he's not in his elephant on the ground, he, he's going to stand up and, and, and do his thing. And that's what you want in, in, in a Captain America, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. I, I didn't notice, but apparently a bunch of people are like, yo, Sam can't fight. What's going on here? <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> he was doing his thing. That's what I, I thought. Maybe I wasn't. I don't know. No, he, was I mean- like, he was even using his wings and shit. Yeah, Bro, he had, he was fighting one of the super soldiers. He used the jet to kind of like stun the dude, and then burst to kind of like kick him. And I was like, "Oh, that yeah. was that was lit." I thought man. that was cool. He's yeah, man. He's using the wings to kind of stop his momentum to like you know what I'm saying to create like blocks. Like he, I don't know, but it was. I mean, I didn't notice. Cool. I thought it was. I thought it was fine. I wasn't. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, get him, Falcon." But apparently, a few people are like. Can Sam not fight at all? <laughs> Which I'm like. He was whipping some ass. Well, to be fair, I guess like compared to like Bucky, who's been alive since the 40s, just fighting his ass off every fucking day of his life. I and guess Sam would be. Soldier. Yeah, I guess Sam would be somewhat inexperienced in comparison. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as the action goes, I thought it was great, especially for like these shows. Uh, I'm, I'm, I was actually kind of shocked. I was like, well, this is like, you know, Civil War fucking Winter Soldier type shit. Yeah, that's that's cool. And I guess before we move on to the plot, real quick fun fact. Yeah, yeah. You know Batrock, the the French guy? That's George St. Pierre, who was a former UFC champion. Yeah, he was. So he's the guy who's in in the beginning scene. He's the guy who's like, who kidnapped the dude and he's like jumping from helicopter to helicopter. Yeah, that's Batrock. He's Batrock the Leaper. He's the MCU's version of Batrock the Leaper, who we've seen in the Thunderbolts comic. Who's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. And this is George St. Pierre, who's a UFC champion. Yeah, I didn't know he, like, that That also, I, I didn't know he was an actual, like, UFC fighter or an actual fighter until this series happened. Because he was in Winter Soldier. I just completely forgot about him. <laughs> he retired a long time ago. He's also, yeah, he's also in Winter Soldier, in the Winter Soldier movie. But um, yeah, I guess we can move on to the plot now. Just wanted to drop that fun fact. Yeah. So um, without getting into it word for word, I, I was all right. I looked at this as far as action, plot, and I guess message. You know what I'm saying? The in between the lines. But also not in between the lines because it's kind of thrown in your face, mm-hmm. not in a good way, in my opinion. Okay, I'll break it. I'll, we'll talk about the plot first before we get into the message. So, I'm just going to go ahead and say I think they were wilding for fucking respect with breaking this dude out of jail. 
<laughs> regardless of what the situation yeah i feel like anything that these that, that that these uh super soldiers were doing that that flag this flash smasher group was doing was not going to be like worse than what he can do if he got loose you know what i'm saying yeah they were really wanting for respect i thought that was kind of like a really that was just kind of like a cheap way to spice things up but i was like whatever i'm, I'm rolling with the punches and that being said, yes. Baron Z- MCU's Baron Zemo is charming as hell. <laughs> I'm like, because he's not, yeah, he's very different I, from his comic counterpart because he's not part of Hydra in, in oh, the he's MCU. Not. No, he's not. He hates, See, he kills MCU Hydra agents. Too, so. so he's he's very different in the MCU version. Um, he's in Civil War. That's when he appears first. Um, mm. As kind of an understatement. So like, you don't even really remember Zemo in those movies. But like he's probably one of the more memorable characters in the show. Uh, yeah, he's very interesting, and I very much. They gave him his Otsusuki mask too, his Otsusuki mm-hmm. God mask, where he looks like a sock. Uh, which I was like, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate the callback, but but yeah, I Turkish agree. delights, Turkish delights, and his voice—he's just like a talking like. A European Batman. Bro, when he had the candies and he brought them to kids, I was like, creepy. You. And then he just, and like, because he was singing, he was singing a little song, and then he kind of, like, started actually talking to the kids after the candy, and I was Hello. like, Hello. My name is Yeah. Yeah, it went from creepy to just, like, this guy's good with kids and knows how to get what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I know that still doesn't sound great. I guess this guy would do. A, this guy would be a great babysitter. <laughs> like I feel like if 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 you didn't feel like harming your child, he'd make a great babysitter. Yeah, he my favorite part. Some things, you know what I'm saying. He would challenge them. My favorite part of about that scene is that he looks over. He's like, "You see those men over there? <laughs> They're not good." I thought that would pay off. It doesn't. He just did that to be fucking shady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to pay off too, but it would have been, I don't know. Does it really amount to anything? Because they. It doesn't. But it sneaks away a different way anyway. Like, yeah. Wow, more random. Yeah, when he did that, I was like, oh, this is how he gets away. He uses the kids somehow. The kids don't really do anything to the Falcon or the Winter Soldier. They're just like, yeah, we'll help you guys. We'll we know cool. you're lying, motherfucker. We know who Captain America is. All right, Mr. Shiesty. <laughs> I don't like you. You gave me Turkish delights. Who wants that? Uh, so was this so this blonde chick, right, that used to kind of be with Captain America, but then he was like, listen, I can't because you're like my granddaughter kind of not really, but No, he just like they it. just went on the run. <laughs> they just went on the run. In the comics they're together. But they went on the run after uh Civil War. So And then they split. Yeah, I guess they split up and they just didn't fight each other again. She's just been in Madripoor, Mutant City. Well, yeah, Madripoor. City, I appreciated but... the reference to Madripoor. I was like, How cool was that, right? I'm telling you, that's build up. Dude, They're I'm just doing like, that on purpose. When these MC movies do anything, I'm like, like a little shout out. I'm just like, oh, so wait, what exactly so is so Madripoor? <laughs> okay, so wow, it's so crazy because you know what? Prior prior to me reading Marauders. I was just like you, like, Madripoor? What's everyone talking about this for? Like, I mean, in the comics, like, yeah. Madripoor this, Madripoor that. Like, am I supposed to know what the fuck this is? And you know what? Actually, yeah, Brian, because this is... Madripoor has been a place in the Marvel comics where, like, it, it's basically like a country in Asia. Yeah. Like, it's, in, in it's like, a, the... What do you call it? In Thailand? Yeah, it's basically a fictional... like that. 
it's a fictional city yeah. in Asia where currently like um the marauders are the unofficial protectors of uh in mm-hmm. in the Xbooks. Uh and it was cool to see it pop up here. <laughs> but uh it was always kind of like this uh slummy place uh backwater place. Uh it, it was and it was cool to see it uh, appear here. A nice little Easter egg that they didn't have to do. Um, but at the same time, it was just like for all of us, for me and Josh specifically, like, Majapur. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. A lot of things, like I said, a lot of things have happened in past comics. Not anything I can name off the top of my head. Yeah. But it's something to, to, to know and reference. And it is important that they brought it up. Yeah. There's a couple of references to like greater Marvel things. Uh, like Isaiah Bradley is one of the weapon... Uh, I, I believe he's one of like the what this weapon X, which is Wolverine. Weapon one was Captain America, uh, and onward and onward there were these. Uh, one of these weapon programs w- created Deadpool. You know, so I believe Isaiah Bradley was one of these. Uh, one of the one part of one of the weapons. Uh, pro- uh, who's Isaiah Bradley in the in the MCU right now? He's uh, he he's the Black Soldier that was experimented on. That um, is kind of like a callback to the Tuskegee. Oh, the old dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You know what? I actually was heating up a plate of food. I actually remember that. I never went back to <laughs> hear it. There was something I was supposed to do. I, I, I remember that. <laughs> and I skipped over that part, essentially. Yeah. And then because I remember they get uh, this dude gets arrested right after that, right after they leave the house. Yeah. Like he gets arrested. Okay, okay. Um. So... Okay, in in the most recent episode, right? So the Wakandan lady showed up. What? What's her name? Oh, man, I forget. I'm wait, 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 the Wakandan lady that uh, that hangs out with Bucky that, that came. Io, Io, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I remember. She's real gangster. Like yeah, they had a real they had a real nice moment at the beginning of the episode when they were showing how she was working with the White Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Bucky Barnes, um, through his PTSD, through his literal PTSD, yeah, by helping him remember and own up to what happened, and through accepting, I, I'm assuming through accepting these things, weakening the the power of control that 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 the word, you know, that those words that used to activate him had, like, yeah. therefore leading to these developments, why he's not such a fucking bug out anymore mm-hmm. it was it was nice and as far as this part of the messages i guess section i i really appreciated because even though i don't personally relate to any of that i know that's a real issue and you know ptsd takes you know many different forms even outside of just people that went to war or had to fight or deal with you know catastrophe you know you can get ptsd from simple abuse in the home Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's generational PTSD, or in other words, post-traumatic slave syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's actually a book about that. Um, so, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was nice because it showed them working, and it showed him it wasn't easy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He, he he was crying through it, but you seen him kind of smile at the end as he was lo- like accepting it and, and, and feeling that joy that, you know, he had overcame that. Well, You know, it was cool. It, I thought it was nice, and it wasn't—it wasn't mad long and drawn out. Well, the whole show's about that. What that scene with Io was was actually like getting over those those words that she was saying were 
the sleeper cell words that activated the Winter Soldier. So it wasn't so much about his like PTSD in that moment, but just mm-hmm. getting rid of the brainwashing that Hydra gave him so that he wouldn't while out anymore. Uh, the PTSD stayed for the remainder of this show. Um, yeah. And yeah, Bucky's arc is a really, really cool one. Uh, there is this little subplot in his story where he he basically takes care of this old man that uh, whose son he murdered when he was the Winter Soldier, and he hasn't told him yet. Uh, but he's been making amends around, like, you know, fixing his errors and fixing his wrongs, but not necessarily owning up on an emotional level. Uh, and it's good to see that journey. It's just as much. Yeah. It's not more. Yeah. Right? Uh, and that was good to see. But, um, yeah, as far as messages go, I think, like, everything here, it has a good message to it. Uh, I think, like, execution maybe is what you're concerned about in terms of like the messages in on Sam's end, which is the on Sam's end and the, uh, the, the bad guys, I guess you would say the flag smashers. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. In retrospect, I don't have an issue with, with them portraying, I guess black people in America through what happened in that first episode with them trying to get a bank loan. A lot of people have talked about it already. That's a very real thing. I'm going to tell you this. I've never had to deal with that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Personally, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it, I'm going to tell you this. Like, it was weird. It was weird watching it because. Not and not because I thought it was executed poorly or nothing like that, but because it was executed very well. Where the banker was really just kind of so nonchalant about it and very yeah. kind of like, well, you know, and he was. It's not like he was like, no, it's not happening. He was acting like it was kind of out of his hands, you know. And yeah, it's like, like yes, what am the I fuck do? it is, bro. Every single transaction you do is in your hand. Mm-hmm. There's literally the same person you'll get that loan to because you thought they was trustworthy. Can literally. Fuck that up, you know what I'm saying? So, anyway, I'm not. I don't. I don't want to, you know, go in on that part. I didn't like how they. Like I said, I didn't like how they were portraying the villains. Um, this is why I should write notes down. Yeah. Because this is actually pretty important. But I'm gonna try to regurgitate as best as I can. Everything that that girl was talking about. What's her name? Oh, man. Okay. And Annie Creole. Ah, oh, man. Whatever. Oh, I forget her name, too, honestly. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. Annie, she, her name is Annie. She's got red hair and freckles, all right? Yeah. Her name is Annie. So, We're bad with names on this show. <laughs> uh, Morgenthau. Mer- Carly, Carly Morgenthau. Carlene. Carlene. Okay. They say it like so a thousand every, times, too. No, no, Carlene. Carly. It's Carly. Carly Morgenthau. Don't they say Carlene, though? No, it's Carly. Nah, it's Carly. Okay, Carly. Carly. So, okay. This is this is the beef, right? They, they have an issue because they thought the world was nice at a certain point when, during the blip. Because I, I'm assuming, and I don't, I'm not, y'all tell me if it was made clear, but I, I, this is just me assuming, honestly, mm-hmm. that because of the blip, there was less people, therefore, more of the resources were able to go out to said people. You know what I'm saying? 
mm-hmm. which, you know, okay, sure. Um, I'll tell you this. I don't believe that that would be the case here in this world, in our real world. I guarantee, I, I tell you this, in my opinion, if, if the blip happened, and half the people in the world left, and most of the people who are, you know, and and if there was enough people who, you know, left to be in charge, who are still in charge, you know, by by whatever means, I think they would still be greedy, they would still hoard, and they still wouldn't hand out those resources. But I'm honestly just kind of going off on a tangent right now, as no. far as that goes. Anyway. So all right, so 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 that's their problem. She's mad that that because everyone came back, that shit is going back to the way things were, which was fucked up. Which is Marvel making an obvious parallel to impoverished people in, I guess you want to say, like maybe third world countries or something like that, like the Middle Eastern countries, where they're not only do they not have many resources, the resources that are supposed to be getting to them are, you know continuously confiscated or blockaded through, you know, paralegal ways. Uh, anyway, it's a, it's a real issue is what I'm trying to say. Like, she's referencing real issues in this world. And the way she's going about it, in my, in my opinion, isn't wrong. And it was annoying to me that Sam had to be the one to tell her to check her like, hey, you're wrong because you're murdering innocent people. And it's like, dude, the people you're working for murder innocent people, just not with their own fucking hands. So, like, Sam, what the fuck are you talking about? And I have a problem. All right, so I have a problem with that. Not even so much for the plot, because it makes sense in the plot. She's like, they're trying to show that she's a she's a young mind that has her heart in the right place, but is going about it the wrong way. And they're trying to say that it makes you no different from the villains you want to fight against. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense in the plot of the story, but I don't like the message it's bringing because like I said, the people that she's targeting in this fictional world represent the real people who are fucking things up for a majority of people on this planet. And bro, like they are killing people. You know what I'm saying? So what the fuck else is she supposed to do? Even the heroes in her world work for these same people that allow these countries to be dealt with the way they are. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and people to be taken advantage of for their natural resources and shit. I know I'm getting so boxy, but I, I don't mm-hmm. like it, man, because people will watch something like this and feel like they have a say-so or have an opinion on, on, on matters because they're similar. Sam was talking down to that girl saying, well... You can be mad about these things, but you can't be mad like this. You can't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like that's like telling people, oh, like, like, you know what I'm saying? You know how people like say, oh, like the, like they, they denounce not just the pro, not just protesters, but the message that they're actually protesting for mm. because some people lit a car on fucking fire or something like that. Or some, maybe some people got hurt or, you know, God forbid, uh, a police officer or something or anybody loses their life in the process of people being angry about what's going on in their in their society and, and, and wanting change. Like, that's, bro, that's life. And I don't like the mixed messages. It's like, come on, Marvel. Like, I, like, I don't, not even Marvel. Come on, Disney. Stop trying to fucking, I don't like them trying to profit 
and bullshitting a message that's that's really clear and has no place in 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 this realm. And if they're gonna do that, leave that to the actual good comic book writers like Jonathan Hickman or and and, and company. You know what I'm saying? Who do a mm-hmm. good who who do a good job and have already done a good job through stories like the X Men and probably many more that I can't name off the top of my head. All right, my rant's over. Yeah. Um. I. It's right. not. Can I go first? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. So, um, when it came to the flag smashers, um, I agree with you. They're that was the whole point of their thing is that she isn't really supposed to be a evil person. Like she's not supposed to be a person that's um, doing like, like you said, like she's supposed to be a person who's, who wants to do the right thing, but doing it the wrong way. Um, And it's also more than just like real life problems. It's also problems that came about because of the blip. So um, that's why they're called the flag smashers because they want to, Return the way, return to the world to the way it was when the blip was a thing. Because everybody was, it was more of a government of the world. It was like citizens of the world instead of citizens of gov- of governments. And yeah, and, people were lending a hand to each other. Yeah, exactly. Their resources and actual help and development. Yeah, so everybody could be anywhere. And then when the blip happened, um, all these people who have lived in these places for five years have now have to now leave their homes because people who return from the blip are going to want to come back to their home right so it's like it on top of all the issues that the regular world had they also had to deal with now extra problems thrown on top of them with the blip as well so um and sam kind of being a little bit out of the loop because he also was blipped away so he has some catching up to do with that stuff right and um honestly i like the way that sam was handling situations in this in this show well maybe he might have not done it as perfect as as you know like as we wanted him to but this is his nature this is sam's nature like he is a he was always he was a counselor before this like he he always prefers to talk things through um if he sees a chance especially with a young girl like uh Carly was um so he just whenever he saw her he saw her as a per- as as a kid who's being led astray who's who's not funneling her 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 energy in the right places and um and the world was kind of tainting her in in a way too so he just didn't want that kid to go down a dark path and end up losing her life in, in the process, you know? Because he doesn't want a kid to be a martyr for a cause. Okay. Um, um, would you, yeah. I, I had something I want to say, but I'll hold on to it because I know you've been holding it down for a second. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like um, there's a bit of a misunderstanding, I think, as to what like certain parties kind of represent. I this. can see why you would say that. The people who come... Okay, so basically, to explain, there's this uh, Global Repatriation Act for the people. Like, there's this council of people who are in charge, government officials, who are charged with, uh, for for the lack of a better word, helping the people who came back from the blip kind of, like, get their lives back in order. And that's what... That's what the Global Rep... Whatever the fuck... The, the the thing is called uh 
that's what they're about. And it, it's kind of a shit situation on everybody's end because their whole thing is that, okay, so half of the population of the earth came back just like that. Uh, and now the world's just in this weird fucking chaos. We even see little like snippets of it in WandaVision when, uh, when Rambo comes back. And she's and she's just in chaos in the hospital. Her mom's been already dead for five years. Um, and that's just like a little microcosm of shit that's happening. Uh, but yeah, so that's the government's effort to try and replace these people back to what their lives used to be. Because otherwise, uh, they're fucking fucked. And they're kind of supposed to be a stand-in for like refugees. Uh, yeah. So Carly's whole deal, and the reason she's kind of a bad guy but not really because she does she does not she's not wrong for feeling how she feels. I think the show does a good job of just kind of like explaining her point of view as well as that like they're trying to help this group of people may have unintended consequences of displacing people who were good during the blip. She was one of those people and the people on her team are one of those people. So they see it as they're they're no longer a focus they're not being seen because they're everybody's focus is on the people who returned from the blip. And that's why she's so upset because she has been put out by this, which it, and it, Sam even acknowledges is that like this, the government has like handled it not as well as they could have. Um, their intentions are good, but they're not doing their due diligence because obviously it caused this child to fucking gather a group of people and inspire them to attack people. Uh, and or or to violence and when that happens you're obviously there's something you're doing that you may need to examine in yourself so that's kind of like the whole dynamic there i don't think either of you are wrong um but it's it, it is just a shit situation and one that's not really solved by the end because sam throws out ideas but you know i think this is going to be a continuing thing throughout the marvel universe as a whole because this is such a fucking big deal in reality. It should be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, so, think, I think that, yeah, that was... I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, I wouldn't say um, that Sam is just, like, this kind of, like, force of the government, uh, you know, that is, like, talking down to this kid, but I, I think he's trying to be a mediating force in between as best he can. Yes. Uh, yes. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't even know how he would fix it. You know, I don't, I don't know politics at all. I am not educated... <laughs> So I'm, I'm a big dumb dummy, um, but I would say nah, that like, I, don't, I, I think like, and that's what's so good about this series. You know, it's a very interesting look at these kind of dynamics within the show as a po and you know, it tries to juggle so many different real things that are happening and it does it well. Um, but yeah, it's, I can see how this could be misinterpreted and, and very strange to, to say the least. But I just wanted to clear up that that was kind of the beef between these organizations. It's just the refugees that are known as the people who come back from the blip, the flag smashers who are here, who are people who never left and are now being displaced by this refugee program, and Sam who's just trying to keep the peace. Uh, but yeah, uh, I didn't want to cut you off. What, what 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 did you want to say? No, that was well, you know, well said. And I'm going to tell you this: that kind of helped, kind of. Help me, you, you, you helping me understand that kind of helps me. I'm able to kind of articulate my point a little bit better now. Whereas I feel like 
the main issue of why I even got like emotional like that um, was because at the end of the day, you know, I'm talking about what what the plot can be mirroring, right? Mm-hmm. I do, and and then, but with that said, I mean, I thought, and this is a, based on what Brian was saying too. I really liked Sam's character in the show. It was just this, and I think that's what made that moment. Because I'm really talking about just this moment. Because I thought everything else was nice, like was was pretty cool, and I was kind of like, all right, you know, they're not getting too in depth. But at the end of the day, this is a Marvel show, right? So I'm not really expecting that. It was just I thought that you know when they had that conversation, it did feel like it was Sam, American government guy, mm-hmm. talking down. And then it was like, you know, oh, well, he's black. So, you know, he, he understands. So if he if, if he understands and he's saying that, you know, it, it really felt like that. It felt like one of those. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of crazy because even though Sam is just playing a character in this movie, he is a black man saying that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To this racially ambiguous girl. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... There, those things matter psychologically when people watch these things, yeah. you know, and that has nothing to do with politics. Now, the the intentions, different story. That's that's going the political route, but these these things do happen when people watch. And I'm gonna tell you this, guys. I've said it before, um, and y'all have probably heard this before. We don't have to worry about the people who are thinking about these things and at least try to put a small effort towards understanding, right? It's the ignorant people that, you know, that we need to be worried about. You know what I'm saying? And it's those same ignorant people that can get the wrong message from something like this. Where I felt, and again, maybe, you know, I'm always that guy and I'm a little sensitive to these type of situations. So maybe I'm just overreacting. No, I think that's um, fair. No, I and, think and you're and being again, fair I think well. I'm only, and just to wrap it up, just to wrap it up real quick. Um. I think it's a testament to how solid the characters are in the show. As again, for a Marvel episodic series, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, that that I can almost be offended by saying, "Damn, that's almost out of character." Because I would have liked Sam to just kind of listen and be like, "I don't know if you should hurt people, but you're right. Like something needs to be done." That's all that really would have had to be said for me to kind of feel better. But then again, I didn't watch episode five. and Yeah, episode five. <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil it for you. I don't think so... they're going to solve anything, bro. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have that expectation, yeah, 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 yeah. but I hope it leaves something for people to think about. That's a little bit more. Think about the poor people. Yeah, I'd like for you to. Because oh! I think five clears a lot of things up in terms of where yeah. Sam's coming from. I don't. I'm not going to spoil anything for you, so I'm just going to leave it at that. But I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on what Sam says at the end. Uh, we'll literally address that in one shots for next week. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean problem. we might have to. But take... I want to say one last criticism, mm-hmm. and I won't even drag it. Oh yeah, no, I'm going to tell you this right now, guys. Another thing where I feel like it's a subliminal message being showed is that look, when it, when when the blip happened and it was half the people, then it was that it was possible to extend that hand and for for more people on the planet to be happier. 
Yeah. And that's literally what I'm getting from that, right? Because these are people that maybe had homes, and if they're being displaced, that means that, you know, maybe they didn't have that in the first place. I can't imagine people being, I can't imagine wealthy, middle-class people in first-world countries being thrown out of their homes. That, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that they've yeah. been working in. I do not see that happening. I think that these were people that were put in places no, yeah. because of, you know, the, because, okay, now that there's no more people, we might as well help the homeless and, 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 and extend these resources. I think they're, they're, I think there's like this subliminal misconception because we can do that now on this planet. We don't need there to be less people on it. For there sure. are so many resources still available, believe it or not, even with the effects of global warming and the deforestation and the overmining and all the other things that we do to this fucking world, guys, there's still so much resources and there's still time. Yeah. And it's like, when I hope people don't look at this and be like, oh, well, you know, if only there was less fucking people on the planet, things would be better. That's the problem. All right. That's it. No. Yeah. Um, I think that's interesting. That's an interesting thought. Uh, it's funny because like, I wish we had had a little bit more of the world when it was blipped because we don't actually know what that really was like for and i don't think we're gonna get it with loki no i think we're gonna get (laughs) i would be absolutely shocked (laughs) if if loki took place during the blip and focused on the plights of the average man during the blip somehow uh but yeah i mean we'll come back to falcon and the winter soldier uh we're uh we're going a little long here i mean i i must say this Before we go, I mean, I, I I liked I liked it a lot. I actually liked it a little bit more than WandaVision, in my opinion. I just felt like it was trying to do more and it was more ambitious in a, in a weird way. <laughs> I just like appreciate yeah. in a very strange way. I agree. I, I guess like for it feels like more grounded and down to earth in that way. And, you know, there's like more practical. The fight scenes are absolutely crazy for what you would expect out of a TV show. And which is ironic because I didn't expect much out of this show when I was, when I I thought WandaVision was going to be this huge, big brain, like super, I mean, it kind of was, it was to a degree, maybe not big brain plot wise or nothing like that, but it definitely was lasting effects that is going to affect the major cinematic universe. You know what I'm saying? Down the road. Um, but you expected that. And the fighting compared to this was like, eh. it was great. Um, I I, I, I appreciate know. it. I can't wait to like for whatever reason, Marvel does live action Captain America movies very well. Like those are the best. You're ones. right. This is essentially <laughs> Captain America still, right? Yeah, I mean, they're all of these are he don't miss. <laughs> like Captain America movies don't really miss. They're very often they're one good, of the more important yeah. ones, and they're the most consistently good out of like movies with sequels. I like characters with sequels. It's consistently pretty good across the board. Dude, you're right, man. I mean, what's the... I can't even say Iron Man. Because I liked Iron Man 2 and 3, but I just liked them. Yeah, it wasn't Civil you know? War, and it wasn't uh, Winter no. Soldier. Nigga, Iron Man is better in the other movies than he is in his own movies. He's better he in, like, the Avengers. And, and And even in Captain America, he's better. God damn it, yo. In Civil War, Tony was a fucking man. I was behind him 100%. I was like, Cap, you're doing the fucking most. Just turn your friend in. He's a fucking... He's crazy. He's a Russian bot. He's fucking crazy. Give your man some help. Uh, Damn. But, 
yeah, I mean, in all honesty, all I've been surprised by how solid all of these are Marvel shows have been. Uh, I can't wait for Loki, honestly. I'm actually another series. I was when I heard about it, I was like, nah, I don't need to see that. But uh, whatever, y'all pushing it, my name. All right, but then I saw but the now trailer. It's just like, wow, I'm just expect. I don't know what it's gonna be, but I'm, I'm expecting it to be enticing. I saw the trailer for that, and I was like, no, oh, damn it, it's probably gonna be very <laughs> good. Good, I didn't see it. It looked great, and that's probably the best for you. It looked great. I mean, it it's probably for the best that you didn't see the trailer. Don't look at the trailer. This is probably way better if you go into it blind. But that's just okay. my theory. All right. That's just my, because I, I won't have, click on it if I see it on YouTube. But if it's on Instagram, and I'll say this: the, you know, the trailer for Loki doesn't really give away the plot at all. I have no idea what this shit is about. It's just a bunch of random ass scenes with Loki doing. Owen Wilson things. is in it. Owen Wilson's <laughs> in it. Wow. He's the guy who goes wow. wow, wow. He's the guy wow. from. You ever seen Wedding Crasher? Yeah. He's the blonde one. Dude, uh, of course I know Owen Wilson is. He's the man. Oh, I thought you didn't. Big know. ass nose. Yeah, big nose. Who's wait? Does he play uh, Lightning McQueen too, P- or yes. is yeah. that somebody else? Yeah, people are Ka-chow. people are theorizing he's Mephisto. <laughs> oh my God, here we go. No, he's not gonna be in Mephisto. Loki. I don't know if he's Mephisto. Did they did they ever cross? Loki and Mephisto and, and, and the Mephisto people there have their own hell. I don't know. You can't have two hells in one fucking story. Come on. You can't have two hells. Hell. Hell. There's multiple hell. pantheons in the Marvel Universe. There's uh, Every different religion seems to Several. exist. Several. <laughs> they even had a superhero team of gods. I don't know if that was DC or Marvel. It's one of them, bro. And I was like, yo, I'm dead ass serious. No, yeah, I'm I know. I'm dead ass serious. It was like Vishnu... Zeus. Oh, I don't know. Um, what, what was that? Oh my God! <laughs> I need to. All right, we might I'm be going up. a little long. We'll we'll continue our Marvels. We had a couple more topics for one shots, but and I'm not mad at it. We can save these for another show. We could bank them. Maybe next week we'll talk into it. Um, I did want to give a thoughts on the Attack on Titan finale. Spoiler free. I tried my best. I thought it out of my brain, but it'll give me more time to think about it. Uh, but until then, um. That was one shots. And that has been our show. Woo we. I mean for a show without manga, we went on <laughs> we went on for a while, but it always ends up going longer than you think it will. Hey man, I'm I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh we should I would I would like to do stuff like this more often where we do loose shit. Um and I would love for you guys to chime in and anything you guys want to talk to us about. If you have any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk to us about, comment below. That would be super sweet. Uh or email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com. Uh email is in the description of wherever you're listening, whether it's YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Uh subscribe to all of those. Give us a like on YouTube. Leave leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, Spotify follow us I don't think they have a rating system but if they do you know what to do Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us we'll see you guys next week stay safe New Jump Citizens peace peace